Live. We're live. We're live. We're live. It's the Yeah Pros, the art guys. <laughs> you know who it is. Live from Baltimore. Troutland. Troutland. Home of the Trouts. We're it's here. the Art Pros. We're trouting around, flopping around, hooked. Uh, we're hooked, lined, and sinkered into this pod thing. This is going to be episode 18. Uh, we're excited. This episode is about experimenting, which Gage and I um, bravely, I would say, and courageously jumped into without hesitation. Wait, I thought we were going to talk about experimental performance art? Yeah. Performance is art. that what we're doing? I don't know. Shia um, LaBeouf, Trout Mask Replica, Jared Leto, Kevin does Spacey. Any, does anybody know who any of those or what any of those are? <laughs> anybody in the audience? Uh, sound off in the comments. Raise your hand. Interns, anybody? Didn't think so. What's up, interns? First off, we just wanted to say thank you for listening to the most structured performance art on the internet, the art pros. I think it. I think your mic needs to be higher. Like, how high, bro? <laughs> like Ashton Kutcher. Like, am I high enough? A little bit. Higher? I don't know. Oh, like idea. sound wise? Yeah. Hold on. See, this is what we're talking about, everybody. This is the performance art. Is that too loud? Well, we're going to have to ask the audience when it's done. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love it. All right. Hey, guys. So we're going to talk about performance art and uh, being experimental within a genre. Oh, man, that sounds so smooth and perfect. Yeah, genre. The genre. Everyone yeah. say the, the genre. Topic. The um, uh, okay. genre. It's summer. It's hot. We're going to be talking about one of the hottest albums ever produced by one of the uh, weirdest musicians ever to musish. His name is Captain Beefheart, a.k.a. Fred Van Vliet. If you've never heard of that name, we're going to teach you today. So bust out your notebooks, break out your favorite pen. I know you have one. And come learn with us and explore the fine world is of experimentation in music, in performance, uh, the fine world of Shia LaBeouf, uh, and whatever else we're going to get into, because you know we don't stay on topic for very long. All right, so the reason why we <laughs> wanted to talk about Captain Beefheart today, Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band, is that that group came up with an album that has, in some some might say transcended music some might say it's shaped what rock could be some might say it sounds like a bunch of car crashes happening and not in like a beautiful david lynchy sort of way i'll tell you one thing it transcended my bowel movements i'm telling you there's some sort of brown note going on in that album <laughs> something so captain beefheart was a high school friend of Frank Zappa's. And if you're familiar with Frank Zappa's work or the Mothers of Invention, it's a pretty experimental music um, with like really high levels of, of what's the word for it? Composition. Zaniness? Yeah, super zany. <laughs> Zaniness and composition. He's actually, Frank Zappa's actually a very, very skilled music composer. Yeah, so he's pretty famous if you guys have never heard of him. Uh, I would say the Mothers of Invention are probably like the unsung heroes of of rock and roll man that people don't know about they they're more relevant to music than like the rolling stones or the beatles or like you know any of those um cool bands that some guy in a slayer shirt might talk to you about being real music yeah and let me let me tell you guys something a little bit about mr zappa is not only is his mustache strong but his diet was also strong because apparently he survived off of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He was 
actually writing down his music like a real composer does because he's a real man and he would have his musicians he's very strict with them play everything perfectly with funny instruments like a kazoo or something yeah you know just imaginative weird instruments that you'd never really would think belong in an orchestra so believe it or not frank zappa is from west baltimore a fellow art pro you might say yeah (laughs) um but we're not talking about zappa today we're gonna talk a little bit about a man named fred van vliet aka captain beefheart now the reason why we brought him up is because we we got into the topic of of experimentation and performance art you know we're talking about how cool shia labeouf is and how he performs and captain beefheart's album um if you haven't heard it is really hard to explain what it sounds like but you know in performance art that's the difficulty of performance art is that you need to document it in some way so some performance artists someone like uh like who do we always bring up that guy Marina. the Dada guy oh no well the guy who did Dada guy? Dadaism um oh the Duchamp. Fountain. yeah so Marcel Duchamp some people argue that uh his fountain his urinal fountain is a performance piece and the documentation is the urinal being in a gallery so that's one way to document performance art um do you want to explain what performance art is performance art is art that you perform in front of a crowd an audience a live studio audience maybe or in real life out in the wild in the city there's one example of perform of a performance artist that um it was a lady and she like was doing a performance art where the concept was based around consent and she allowed people to touch her genitals which were hidden behind a box so she wasn't like naked in public or anything but that's one performance art and it's also a little i wouldn't call it experimental because um art performance art about the body has had been done before her but that's my best explanation yeah i would say performance art is anything that requires like the body acting to be like that's the subject of the artwork so like a painting could be performance art if it matters how it was painted you know Um, so so what is it what is it about uh captain beefheart that is performance art based because i'm thinking i'm sitting here thinking all right he's a musician gage how can you tell me he's a performance artist when he's a musician and he has albums on pitchfork gave him a 10 and i want to listen to it now because it's (laughs) 10 by pitchfork and and they they know everything about music yeah, well, um, you might say it's performance art from the zany compositions. You might say it's uh, the album is performance art from the fact that they play the instruments. Or you might say that the album is performance art because Van Vliet locked his band in his house for eight months <laughs> while recording the album. You might say it's performance art because Van Vliet used to physically abuse band members when they weren't playing musical compositions, right? You might say it's performance art in the way that the recording studio was set up akin to a Charles Manson-like cult, according to visitors. Yep. So so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this album is not just the album, it's not just the music, it's kind of a relic of an entire body of actions, you know? Sure. And I guess you could say that the music was a result of all of that stress, turmoil, and abuse, right? So it's a, it's a response to getting freaked out by Mr. Van Vliet, getting, <laughs> get, you know, he made them cry often, and he broke them down, much like a cult leader would do, according to his band members. And he even starved them so much because he you know they weren't getting paid very much at all they spent eight months practicing and one of the band members said that they survived off of a cup of soybeans for a month so they had to go and steal some food but they got arrested (laughs) so they were desperate (laughs) they were living off a cup of soybeans a a day yeah i mean it's a very it's a very strict vegan diet (laughs) he was trying to impose on them in an extreme way 
A visitor once described their appearance as cadaverous and said they all looked in poor health. Band members were restricted from leaving the house and practice for 14 or more hours a day. Wow. Yeah. So when you listen to this album, or if you haven't listened to before, just close your eyes with me, follow me for a second, just imagine a bunch of musicians using a very expensive instruments, whatever it may be, sword fighting with them. A violinist, sword, the violin fighting with a man with a saxophone, and they're just, they're just battling. That's what it sounds like sonically. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any, any rhyme or reason to the decisions that were made in, in whatever musical composition was in this weird, scary man's head. I would say that uh, the album sounds like whatever the opposite of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star is. <laughs> you know, where you like hear the first three notes and you're just like, oh, I know what comes after this. It's the dead opposite of that. Yeah. It's just complete. It's almost like a riot. <laughs> it almost sounds like a riot would would look like it's complete it's it's as close to chaos as you can get without totally just randomly noodling on a piano because there is structure to it and i guess that might be some of the fun to listen listening to it is trying to figure out how it all pieces together i've always thought that like like part of the appeal has to be that a lot of people don't like it like i feel like really edgy people who like that album are like they want to be part of the uh, the in crowd. You calling out Pitchfork right now for giving it ten? Dude, I'm calling myself out because I really like that album a lot. <laughs> yeah. Every, I, yeah. Every person I meet who likes it like is a creative. They're like, oh man, you got to listen to it a couple times. I dig it too. I dig it too. Yeah. I mean, but, there's something about it. But it's important to note we're we're not here talking about. I mean, we are talking about music. Music is art, and it's a performance art. But there's something really really interesting about that myth that surrounds the album that eight months that they spent you know yeah basically killing themselves to make this music and and when you guys give it a listen in turns you'll hear that you'll kind of hear that that insanity and and van vliet was actually was actually diagnosed with a uh, paranoid schizophrenia and he saw visions he claims according to the recollections of his drummer which might contribute to um, the quirkiness of the album. I mean, if if you produce a album, a double album at that, that sounds absolutely crazy. There's a big chance that the person who made it is absolutely crazy. But I mean, it's 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 an album that got critical acclaim. Rolling Stone in 2012 put it at number 60 of the top 500 albums of all time. Ranking well above Taylor Swift's uh, 23. Oh, man, that's messed up. Yeah, no, Taylor Swift How could great. you do that to her? But it leads to the question, are all... So, like, like, would you agree that that album and, by extension, Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band, would you agree that that's, like, performance art? It's hard for me to say. I think that there's an argument that can be made that it is performance art, which is, you know... Um, I have no idea what they did behind closed doors in that insane i guess uh living condition but just knowing the backstory of it i would have loved to watch a documentary or see a movie i don't know if i've ever heard of it or seen one but i'm going to do my research later and share it if i find it but so my question is if if someone does performance art to a small crowd unintentionally does it doesn't need to be intentional to be performance art if you ask them and he said no is it damn that's the hardest question i you know it's i don't know because like if you saw it would it be something where like looking at it gave you an experience that you haven't personally um like gone through like if they filmed it with like closed catch or like some sort of uh hidden camera or something i guess that would be i i would be fascinated to but then also it's kind of sad imagining all these people just scrounging around for soybeans more soybeans or something like oliver twist or something i mean in a sense those are intentional decisions though because they could have had a job right yeah that's true they could have worked i mean like not literally yeah like they they were they were i'm sure that there was some level of consent (laughs) but but like we said, people referred to it as essentially a cult. So 
let me get this straight. The story goes that they stole food from a supermarket. They could have escaped. Yeah. They could have just left. No, but that was the level of, um, of you know, obsession they had for getting uh, Fred Van Vliet's music exactly as he composed it. Which is crazy because when you listen to the album, you would think it's something you could do in one take after the first try. But they took eight months to learn how to do it in one take. <laughs> Which is insane. But to go back to your question of like, like even if they say it's not performance art, is it performance art? That that makes me think about when Kanye got on stage, and was like, "I'm sorry, Taylor Swift, but you don't deserve Album of the Year." I don't know if he'd call that performance art, but is it? Um, I see. I don't know. Were you entertained? Uh, I didn't see it live. I'm more entertained. I was more entertained by what happened after. Like the conversation that was sparked? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, he did something unconventional. He went against the grain of how the ceremony was supposed to go, which was cool. That's, that's to me, that's the spirit of experimentalism. Yeah, so we can expand beyond performance art into, like, experimentation, which is what you wanted to do in the first place. But I figured we'd tie it, tie it in for, for the interns. But, like, there's something really interesting about people wanting to experiment um, by doing things outside of the norm, like whether it's outside of the norm for their identity or the culture they're a part of or outside of the norm for, for uh, you know, just what they do in a day-to-day basis. Like, uh, experimentation is really important in art. Yeah. I mean, you could stay at home and just keep painting the same thing that you're good at over and over again for the rest of your life if you're happy with that. But there's something nice about experimentation. There's something nice about trying new things and expanding your palette, expanding your concept of what you can and cannot do and what type of mediums that you can or or don't want to use. I don't want to say shouldn't use because really you can use whatever medium you want to make a statement or make any art piece with. Like for were you, Let's go back to Captain Beefheart. He... We could say that he used soybeans yeah. as a medium to produce this really weird uh, album and play mind games on his band members, the Magic Band, or what's it called? Magical Band. The Magic Band. Magic Band. So, I mean, it's food and material if you're a performance artist. Like, you eat a bunch of kale and your brain gets really big and your muscles are super strong and that's what helps you do that performance art, so that's the material. Um... Uh... Well, in that case, whether or not it is performance art, sure. Like, there's would would um supersize me be performance art? I mean, I think yeah. Like, I think I think saying it it was more effective to brand it as a documentary, and it had the intention of saying like this is what this type of food does to you. But the performance was that this person ate, you know, nothing but McDonald's or whatever fast food. For how long was it? Like a year, a month, long enough to be a problem. Yeah. Like, and I would say that's a, that's a that's a that's a performance. And whether or not the the person calls it performance art, I think it has the same means to the same end. You know. Maybe. Is it? It's tough, and I I, I think that's the reason why a lot of people look at performance art and will be like, that's not really art to me. Well, why, why would, why would that person say no, that it isn't like, cause like what, what's an example of performance art that a layman would look at someone that's never really looked at art before or, or thought about it. What's a good example of, um, a, a performance art that, you know, that we can share that could be contentious. Well, uh, this isn't like a popular artist or anything, but I was in a show in high school and one of the pieces was this guy had, he had headphones on and he was dancing alone. Um, so he's in like a silent room dancing and then he invited other people to put on headphones and dance with him. And the only, the thing that I guess elevated it into art was the fact that he was in an art show. So if I get accepted into an art show and I sit down in a chair and eat McDonald's for the duration of the gallery <laughs> show, then that could be performance art. 
for because sure. I'm in a gallery show. But is that is that the barrier? And I mean, that might be because like if you went to a gallery show and you had McDonald's and you ate it there, but you weren't part of the show, you just sat and ate it. You walked <laughs> around and ate it. To me, that would be even more so performance art than being in the show. Like, I would look at that and be like, dude, that's hilarious. Like, Just like, bring my own chair. Yeah, and like sit down and eat there. Um, and that, like, that's the type of thing that would be considered experimentation. Mm-hmm. Like, within, uh, that's an aha moment. You're like, oh, aha. They mm-hmm. think it's weird that I'm eating McDonald's here. But they wouldn't have thought it was weird if I told them I was going to do it. Right. Hmm. And I think that's the importance of experimentation in general is like if you're an artist and you're unhappy with making the same thing over and over again, because not every artist is experiment without experimentation, you will never have that like that weird, like kind of orgasmic, like aha moment where it's like, damn, like I got it. I tried a, a B minor and then an F major next to each other. And like, that sounds way better than a G and a C to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're talking about experimentation. We're also talking about performance art. We're talking about how performance art is experimentation or wait, am I I'm lost. Dude, have you ever heard of Piss Christ? What's that? It's a guy who peed in a jar and then put a crucifix in it and then just like let it rust in there. I think it was in front of like a a big flag, maybe. So was it in front of were there people invited to watch? I don't think people watched him pee in the jar (laughs) but i think he just left it in a gallery and that was like a sculpture but technically like that's what i was saying earlier is like that was the documentation of of that performance of him peeing on a crucifix and then on top of that it was experimentation in terms of like i don't think up until that time anyone had done that type of or this artist hadn't done like that type of iconoclasm and like you know peed in a jar and put something else in it yeah like it was like sure. a, and it's a famous piece like if you look up piss christ you'll find it immediately it's the first thing that pops up it might be the same dude who nailed himself to like a bmw or something Ugh, what the hell and like that's the type of stuff that's like the alienating part of of uh performance art is like the type of stuff that a layman would look at and be like i don't get how this is art because they and i i think the distinction is that People who appreciate performance art in the fine arts realm uh, need to understand fine art as an institution to to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, for example, Shia LaBeouf is doing a piece or has been doing a piece where he locks himself in an elevator <laughs> with a group of people for 24 hours at a time, which is actually based off an old performance piece where this dude locked himself in a room with people for like 24 hours. And just like all he brought in there was like joints and a gun. <laughs> and it's like you look what? at that and you're like, that's almost um that's like uh you know problematic. Like that's not art, that's just like criminal almost. Yeah. But there's also this idea that uh if you're aware of how arbitrary or like how silly art institution is, if you're aware enough to be like, haha, this guy literally locked himself in an elevator and called it art. Like that, you know, leads me to find it enjoyable as an art spectacle. Well, I just want to talk about Shia a little bit because his his art, I'm doing air quotes right now, is pretty much stuff that he's copied from people. Yeah. And I feel like he's using, he just uses his like fame to elevate his audience or the amount of audience that gets to see it. And that ties in with what i believe is some sort of air experimentation on his part i don't know how he thinks it is but well if, do you want to describe one of the copycat pieces so people kind of get an idea of what we're talking about well you just described one about the elevator oh yeah and, yeah that's right and five seconds um ago. there was that one piece where he tried to sit in a room and he would let people do whatever they wanted to him as he sat in that room and he just sat there. Yeah. Taking it. With his face covered. With his face covered. Which is a, an idea stolen from... Well, not stolen. I think he references her. But there's a famous performance artist, Marina Abramovich, 
who did the same thing. She sat in a room and had basically a series of like, it was like feathers and a gun and like a knife and, and rope. And she was in a gallery and she let visitors do whatever they want to her to the point where I think one of the visitors even held up the loaded gun to her head. Yeah. To try and get a rise out of her. Yeah. Um, and Shia LaBeouf did the same. Shia LaBeouf ended up doing the same thing, uh, almost exactly the same way. Well, so what's the, is it, it's just, I don't know. Is it just because he's Shia LaBeouf? Does that make it new? Well, is there, what's the, because I have some thoughts about if you redo an art piece. I think if you did it again as the artist who came up with the idea, I wouldn't mind that as much. But just knowing that Shia pretty much ripped off the idea almost exactly. I mean, they he didn't give people any tools i don't think no he did he had a couple things oh he had a couple things yeah. even more well here here's the thing though is like we're, we're in an interest interesting spot because performance art you know with the capital p has only been a thing for a little while but like in painting and in um in sculpture there's always like there there'll be like an like there's a bunch of different mona lisas done by both da vinci and his followers and like people respect all of them. The original tends to be the most famous one, but like that is normal. And it's kind of interesting that he's doing the same thing with this performance art piece. And, you know, that's self referential to the art world itself. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just think it's kind of lame. Like, all right, I got it. Okay, so you're famous. You want to make art. That's great. Your art is interesting enough to get attention. But to me, that's about it. Well, what about the piece where he did something that only he could do as an artist? He did that piece where he watched every movie and every television show he had ever been in <laughs> straight through. He watched all of it himself. And the piece was like a live screen, like a live video of his face as he's watching this stuff next to all the films and movies or all the movies and television he had been in and he's like laughing and crying and that's something that like your average artist couldn't do because the importance of it is that he was the star of those movies and most of them were when he was a child or younger before he had stopped really acting in that in that capacity and now as an adult he's reflecting on that so it's someone who's watching their entire own childhood you're watching them watch their childhood and they have a level of celebrity but it causes the viewer to kind of reflect and be like, damn, I don't know what it would be like to look at that. And now I'm seeing someone and he was like crying and laughing at his at like these films he was in, probably because like any job, you kind of forget your role in it when you're immersed in it, you know? And if you were to go from the outside looking in, go and look at your own work, you'd be like, oh, that's weird. But he's at like a whole nother level. Like, I mean, he's a cultural phenomena. So the the thought-provoking thing about that so i'm going to go into this concept thinking that there is a concept for one and then i'm going to talk a little bit more later about i don't know what if it was just like literally he just wanted to do it and he didn't really think about what you just said all that beautiful implication of his history as an actor and you know maybe maybe the idea is that he's so famous and and he his reaction to his past says something about his celebrity in a sense that oh this is time gone by here i am now as shia today watching shia immortalized in even stevens all and holes all 30 seasons watching holes um uh so yeah that's where i'm at i'm at like I don't know. Well, I, I got all that from it. I haven't thought this deep. Yeah, exactly. So really, in the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let Shia cook. So we go back to supersize me. You get all the same types of thoughts and responses, whether you know they intended it or whether they were just doing it for, uh, you know, fuck it, who cares? I'm just going to do this thing and see what happens and make Boku Bucks off the documentary. Yeah. Huh. Um. What do you want to talk about, man? I don't know. Can you do like performance art? 
can you do how can you do the same thing on a twitch stream or something something we've talked about before another broadcast thing so we're talking about performance art we're talking about how to be experimental um and all right i want to what we're doing right now would you consider it experimental and or performance let's just come up with our own language man uh let's do let's do this podcast like jazz like we don't write anything we just go in there and come up with stuff man i think it's a performance hey let me tell you something daddy (laughs) i say we already are pretty jazzy on the mics Uh, yeah i i mean i would we could leave it up to the interns what are you guys saying do you think we're performance art i think we are I think that what we're doing is performance art, but we if we decide not to call it that, you better not catch me in the target saying you guys are the best performance artists of all time because I might cry. So here's the thing. we're uh, Here's a plug, shamelessly. We're going to do a live stream on Facebook and YouTube of Gage and I, both with headphones plugged in, listening to all 17 other episodes <laughs> that we've had. And you're going to watch us win, smile, laugh, and cry together. Uh at our previous 17 episodes. Yeah, you got to donate to the Patreon, though. Patreon.com slash artpros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to catch the 17-hour uh, live stream of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. We got some scatting <laughs> in this episode. We got everything. Well, okay. We got everything. What would it take for us to be, um, for this to turn into performance art? Because we're definitely not the first people to do a podcast, I don't think. I haven't really researched it. I passed 15 minutes a while ago, but... I don't know. I think it. I I honestly think it is performance art. Because we're sitting here, we don't edit any or chop anything out. We just put it straight out. Yeah. We sit down and we do fifteen solid minutes of research. We're sitting there poring over every word, every grammar, mistake, sentence, and comma. Yeah, we're opening up all the little links on Wikipedia. We hit that little red button. Yeah. When it's recording, after Gage screams into the mic, I get pumped. <laughs> I'm ready to perform. Ren spends 20 hours doing the sound engineering to make a sound even more sultry and smooth and to to make sure that, that everyone knows just how off the cuff we do this shit. We're off. We're very off the cuff. We don't, we're wearing short sleeve shirts right now. Hell yeah. So short. They might as well be tank tops. I took my cuffs off. There you go. Oh shit! <laughs> you really did. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would call it performance art. Is it super uh, engaging or like, like for people who, like, if you met someone who's like, my favorite type of art is performance art, would they really want to watch us do this? Probably not. I say skibbity boo, does scoot over and watch. What? Yeah. Does it become performance art if we pee on the mic? Dude, people, people <laughs> brought in. Yeah, this is definitely experimental and performative. Yeah, this is a little Uzi Vert. I'm about to pee on the mic. But here's the thing, dude. What's it? Well, so I see podcasts that are on YouTube, and it's a video of people sitting there talking, right? That's cool. But sometimes those same podcasts don't have an audio format, and I'm confused by it. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. it's rare. But why do people choose to do it just on YouTube and, like, you have to sit there for like an hour and the people are just sitting there talking. Yeah, I don't... because you they, need to see them? Yeah, some people want to feel like they got friends, man. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool... To have friends? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was like a ventriloquist podcast and they were podcasting and like... 100% performance art. <laughs> I also think if if you have like a fake persona that already is performance art like even i would i would even venture to say that cosplay so dressing up as other characters and adopting that personality is a form of performance well art. let me see if anybody in the audience caught this we're 34 minutes in the person talking right now you might be convinced that it's Renz, but this is actually gauge and this I'm is gauge. actually Renz. yeah i'm, I'm Renz. so we practiced a few months for this trying to get each other's voices and cadences right and I, I i mean as gage i'm pretty happy with how i'm speaking just like my my co-host so beep boop if we were actually <laughs> robots machine learning robots would it be performance art nah man that shit's fake as hell yeah robots can't make art not yet i don't think they ever will dude all know. right all right we can we'll we'll because revisit without this intervention We'll revisit this episode 2000. Once we've doubled Joe Rogan's numbers, we'll... Episode 2000. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're going to have a little countdown timer and reveal all of the hottest info on whether or not Gage and 
AI uh, are actually AI robots. Well, I, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think <laughs> I don't think a robot can make art without human intervention for a while, like True. a long time. Yeah. So like the the lines between of performance art are hard, but what's even harder is to define what experimentation is. Because at what point are you just doing? something ridiculous and it it's no long it no longer has the merit of being like experimental like i feel like captain beefheart's album and i cannot tell you guys enough to listen to it um i can't like how many you're only like eight notes removed from not being music <laughs> you know what i mean like uh see i i'm having a hard time explaining it to the viewers you just, like seriously just give it a listen um it's there's there's definitely a quality to it that is br as brilliant as some people think it is but you really gotta gut through it i guess is that a mark of some experimental like let's talk dada art right that's weird stuff yeah it was su intentionally supposed to be nonsensical to protest against the war, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so they were just protesting by being nonsensical and just making art that didn't mean anything because at the time the art was supposed to be this, supposed to be that. And they were like, man, no, it isn't. So, what is it? So, what is experimentation? I mean, does it count as experimentation if I throw my shit against this wall right now? Right this second? Yeah. Oh, man. You need some water. <laughs> that was very dense. <laughs> I mean, like, like, okay, so that's not. But what if you throw a bunch of shit at the wall in a oh, gallery, dude, it smells, and then, <laughs> and then you put a little name card and a title next to it? Somebody got on me. Is yeah. that experimentation? Is that art? Does yeah. that count? Um, I mean, it depends how much do you, how much do you experiment with your poop in your off time? True. Is it you know, True. <laughs> is this normal to you, yeah. or not? Or is it the first time you've done it? And, you know, there is a way to get, um, like, color relationships like you would in painting. Like, you know, you get something a little more red, something a little more green, depending on what you ate. A little yellow there from the corn. Yeah, and you just, you know, you compose a beautiful image. It just happens to be out of shit you threw against the wall. Literally. Sometimes I feel like that's what, like, making art is kind of like. It's just like throwing a bunch of shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. You know what I mean? Am I too far from the mic? You're just talking, like at me oh my bad. i think we need to move it hold on this is just part of the experiment you're, you don't you don't look you look uncomfortable i'm just trying i'm just positioning i'm just trying to be i'm just trying to be smooth man well you know we're experimenting with mic placement literally every single day um and what about that's now the thing. how am i i think well look at you you got your arm on the table you look you look you look very comfortable like that dog meme yeah true the shiba inu with his arm leaning and like looking uh, real cool that's right so are is is being a memer performance art is being an artist a performance um for like a lifetime long performance yeah i'd say so i'd say it could be yeah i'd say it could be i think a lot of people ride that idea i'd scat to that Damn, I don't so think we're experimental enough. If, if people, well, experimenting, experimenting, I think is necessary because, like, that's how you learn. That's how you discover new things. Like, what if, what if humans just stayed drinking milk the first thing that we drink for like, <laughs> our, the rest of our lives? You never try those berries. You never try. We might the, be a lot bigger. We, like what big if bones. experimenting is wrong? Yeah. What <laughs> if you should just stick to one thing your whole life? <laughs> Yeah. That, that could be true but that in itself is that not an experiment like if you raise a child and you're, you're like all right you're gonna you're gonna learn how to make shoes and you just teach that kid how to make shoes and all they do their whole life is make shoes and make the same pair of shoes over and over again so they've perfected it are you talking about yeah. what would have been the movie coco no <laughs> no i'm talking about that uh serial killer who's that uh i can't remember his name a serial killer cobbler yeah. Oh shit. You know what I'm talking okay. about, right? Adam Sandler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in uh in Stand By Me. Big Big that. Daddy Cobbler. Yeah, Big Daddy Cobbler. Uh, that's what I called my last shit against the wall piece, Big Daddy Cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
Dude, I don't know. I, I keep I keep coming back to this thought of like what it would take to be an experimental podcast without like bringing in samples. Like how could we just using our voices and our body both do a performance and something experimental? That's an interesting thing to think about. I had a buddy, uh, my Canadian friend, who I hope to get him on the podcast soon. He did have an experimental podcast. He's one of the biggest in- experimental uh, creative influence in in my artistic career um he he made a podcast by getting field recordings from all of our friends like he would say hey record something and then send it to me and i'll put it together and we're gonna make a podcast sometimes he put music that we made sometimes he made music out of those recordings and samples that we record like i I remember recording conversations on the bus yeah like just all over with my phone and sent it to him and he made something out of it so that's totally different than just making a experimental podcast with the art <laughs> bros. That's going to be our new theme. Yeah, we, we save, Huey, save that sample. Thank you. How, how could we, like, like, that sounds pretty avant-garde. Like, could we get that avant-garde without, like, in one sitting? Yeah, we could. Here, here's, here's an idea. We can do it in post. I don't think, I think that, oops, I think that it would be best <laughs> to do it, um, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but I think we could edit it a la William S. Burroughs, another very experimental writer, because he, if you don't know who that is, well, guess what, uh, shave that beard off and get your tattoos taken away and get those gauges out of your ear, because you're not, you're not hip enough, you're yeah, not you're definitely Indian not enough. hip enough, because William S. Burroughs is a dope, well, I don't know, he was on dope, Hey, put that coffee down. You're not hip enough. What is that free trade shit? Go drink some Folgers. Not William S. Burroughs. No one asked. I'm sorry. Who's William S. Burroughs? William S. Burroughs is a writer. He, um, he, I don't know if he invented this, but he had a technique where he would type down stream of consciousness thoughts. And to take it a step further, what he did was after he typed them down in his very cool typewriter, Vintage, he would cut them in four pieces and mix them all up so that the words and sentences got all jumbled from the original story that he had written. Can you believe that? That's crazy. So you're saying <laughs> we could like take this podcast and cut it all up and make it completely nonsensical, sort of like uh, sure, Captain Captain Ren's heart hey, style. If you're listening right now and you hear this section, <laughs> we've already chopped it up. Yeah. And maybe we'll release a special episode afterwards where I just randomly chop it up and mix it all up and we can see what an experimental podcast really will sound like. But we might even take it a degree further. Why don't we just sit down and freestyle one day and let these people hear what an experimental podcast would sound like? What about um? we could do a John Cage style and just have 48 minutes of silence? Oh, yeah. I couldn't hold my breath for that long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know who John Cage is, it's the it's the lead singer of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, now, nah, he is an experimental composer who uh, got famous for making really beautiful compositions and then had what people call, like... I, I guess people tend to say he, like, birthed avant-garde. What he and then uh, he really got into the pop culture after he invented the cage match in world, yeah. world wrestling. Federation. Yeah, WWF. Um, yeah, well, he just made a lot of weird stuff. Like it would be repetitive noise, like the same key, same sound over and over again for like forty minutes. And he had a he had one where it was like just forty eight minutes of silence or something. <laughs> what I really like about his compositions is that he can collect a few minimal field recordings of like a train and then he would arrange it so that it would be slightly off rhythm but you couldn't tell at first so eventually after a few minutes it would become a whole different new rhythm at the very end and you really wouldn't notice yeah until if it, unless you skip from like one minute into like the last minute then you're like oh my god this is totally different yeah yeah, so he's, he he was doing avant-garde music way before Captain Beefheart. And there's a dude called Lamont Young who made this drone organ and it I don't I it might still be playing like he his idea was to keep a note 
sustained for as long as humanly possible oh really yeah so this note apparently was playing for a very long time i don't know if it's still going though let me See, look it up that's experimental enough where like you don't even know if it's like i guess that's an experiment yeah like i guess we're getting to the nitty-gritty of like what an experiment is like trying to do something that you don't know the the outcome of and some people say he's still playing that note to this day <laughs> so he let's see he is still alive and is he still chained to that organ i think i think he's still <laughs> sitting there dude that's crazy uh, i don't know um i guess you could have like a motor running to blow air through it or something i've never heard of that um i'm gonna look it up right now music i think it's all right interns so sometimes you'll need to look stuff up on the fly and the best way to do that is with your handy dandy phone yeah just pull your phone out of your pocket and you you what you do is you press the home button you, you type in a security code and then you get to you go down to google or, or internet explorer whatever you got and then you you find a search engine and you type in um big butts and <laughs> it'll bring up all the stuff related to that sorted by relevance first and then date just a little pro tip in case you didn't know how to do any of that for our, for our older <laughs> listeners. Yeah, everyone knows that interns don't know anything and you have to teach them every single thing, like walking. Yeah, yeah. All right, intern. So what you got to do is is you, you stick your left foot in, you pull your left foot out, <laughs> you stick your right foot in, pull your right foot out, and then you do the hokey pokey. You know what? I can't <laughs> find it online, so I may very well be wrong. And you know what? I'm not going to tell you guys if I'm lying because that's a test. This is your first test answer <laughs> yeah. to figure out whether or not I'm lying. Yeah, what we need you to do is to go through all 17 episodes and find every spot that we're wrong and then send us a long email at artprospodcast at gmail.com about every moment where we <laughs> spread misinformation. If you think we're going to admit we're wrong, you haven't been listening because we will never, ever do that. We're artists. Because we're never wrong. We're never wrong. Never wrong. 15 minutes of research is more than you've ever done, I'm assuming, and I'm never wrong. You're talking to me because you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't study for anything. Me neither. That's what makes that's what makes us such art pros. Yeah. I mean, listen, look how experimental our title is. If have you ever thought of this, interns? It's pros like we're talking. It's pros like we're professionals. And it's art and the shape of our logo is a heart. Oh, I never it all got ties that. Together. I was never there. I don't. I don't. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we have a logo. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And then, um, pros also sounds like bros, and we're bros. See, yeah. it's a, a P is an upside down backwards B. Yeah, and that's called experimentation. Sometimes when you're doing a logo design, you have to stick your left foot in, pull your left foot out. Stick your right foot in, pull your right foot out. And then you stick your hand under your and then you throw it at the wall yeah <laughs> so okay, okay what's your what's your this favorite experiment that you've ever done hmm. hmm my favorite experiment well yeah. right now i'm actually experimenting with electronics this is my favorite currently thinking back in the past i i've experimented with music a lot and music is very very dear to me because that was what I did a lot before studying painting in college. So back then I would experiment with, well, I call it experimenting, but really it was I didn't know how to play instruments. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, we, we did a bunch of weird shit in our neighborhood. We, uh, my, my buddy had a bunch of cool audio recording equipment and we would like swing sticks in front of it to catch like sound of the air. Yeah, yeah, like that. Um, one time, I there are these really awesome hiking trails about 10 minutes away from where I live. It takes about an hour to get up this one mountain. And I brought my guitar over and my tape recorder, and I recorded some jams up there as I walked. When I got up there, when I got down, took some pictures, experimented a little bit with like what it sounded like in, in wide open space. And then I went home, got drunk, and finished it. And like uploaded the tape recordings. I like to mess around with. Anyways, right now I'm going back to the music thing, finding a way to tie it into visual representation because I think it 
it's like the same thing. Yeah. Like cooking up a beat is the same thing as cooking up a painting. It's all about balance. It's all about what what's going to appeal you to look at versus what's going to appeal you sonically. Yeah, composition. I would say that like like notes are like colors. Yeah. And actually, isn't that a thing? I think that's a thing. I think colors have a sound. Well, it's all frequency based. Yeah. So like like some paintings are really good because they stick to like a blue purple palette, and that's probably really similar to like a, a a pop song where most of the chords have a similar ring and they all are meant to go together. And sometimes really good because of the disjointedness of like a yellow and a purple and a black all in one painting. Hey, stop yawning, interns. <laughs> stop it. This is really interesting. But anyways, yeah, it's all frequency. Light colors are different because of the frequency of the light waves hitting your eyes. Sounds are different because of the frequency of sounds hitting your ears. Ear holes. Catch that. How about this? Why do they call music, some producers call making beats cooking it up. There's another <laughs> relationship. Cooking is a lot like making art because you need to balance that too. You need to balance out your flavors. <coughs> See? It's all the same. Tie it all together. Einstein's theory of relativity. Relate it all to each other. Everything's related. Everything is related. Gage and I are related. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, I'm Gage. Renz and I are related. Yeah, I'm also Gage. I'm not as good <laughs> at the uh, not as good at the Renz voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is getting too experimental. All right, um, I think My we've brain. experimented enough, man. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I think we should go back to to the traditional to being pod. Normal? Yeah. Oh my god! All see right. People yawning in the background. In the next. In the next installment of the Art Bros, we're going to be covering complementary colors. So in case you didn't know, red and green, if you mix them together, make a neutral color. The same way that yellow and purple make a neutral color. And if you mix all the colors together, it makes the color black. This has been the Art Bros. <laughs> I'm so glad we stopped experimenting. I, I much prefer that type oh of content. God, this is so much easier. I yeah. was so stressed out earlier. Yeah, it's so yeah. Really good. Now that we're normal. So <laughs> let me ask you this. What do you think about airline food? <laughs> is that yeah. is that a performance art when the when the stewardess comes and drops off some nuts in your face? <laughs> oh God. I don't know. I think um you're really putting me in the spot here. I was <laughs> I was getting in, uh, I was trying to think about tertiary colors and magenta and how magenta isn't actually a visible color on the color, color spectrum. Oh, yeah. Interns, you know about this? Indigo is a lie. Um, airline food is, it's actually not even food. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know what is performance art a little bit is when they do that thing where they teach you how to buckle in your seatbelt. Yeah. And yeah, that, that'd be cool to experiment doing that. Just like start break dancing in there and like. Yeah, seeing what the most effective way to teach someone how to buckle their seatbelt would be. There's that there's that Filipino guy that uh, dances Michael Jackson while uh, like doing traffic. Have you seen that guy? Yeah, I have. Yeah, he's viral. Yeah, he's yeah. gone viral. Yeah. See, is every person who goes viral, are are they performing or are they just being them, man? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. You get on that big, that big proverbial stage of the internet screen. It's your stage. It's you're ready to go. It's your life. Yeah. It's you, my you broadcast life. your weirdness. And it's now or never. Do 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 do. So for musicians like they do performance you know every time they perform i don't know where like it's crazy i made that connection i know but so is the performance separate from the music they're playing like are they both are are those two separate art pieces that happen to be going on concurrently i mean that's a good that's a good point to bring up kanye again yeah because his stage design is epic very artistic. I mean, he's, he calls himself the fucking Walt Disney of music. Steve Jobs. We can call him. He's kind of an artist, right? He took yeah. acid. Yeah. He's an artist. Yeah, I think so, too. He wears, he wears that turtleneck. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, he's like, at, at the core, he's an artist. He likes his, minimalism. His, um, his medium is people. And he stole a lot of ideas. Sounds like artists. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Yeah, so, I see you. So, 
So Kanye wearing this this jewel, bejeweled mask. No, not like the app. He can't play a game on his face. It's just a literally jewel. And he's playing under a beam of light, the giant mountain behind him. He's performing for you. I mean, let's go back to Twenty One Savage. He doesn't even. He just stands there. That's see. That's really minimalist performance art because yeah. he's not even rapping. Yeah. He's not even lip syncing. Yeah. He just stands well, there and lets yeah. the music play. <laughs> yeah. He just like sways around. His friends are there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to draw a distinction. That's pretty experimental if you think about it. Because like for yeah, for a long time people were like, hey, we paid ninety dollars for these tickets. We expect something entertaining and he's like well i'm gonna experiment with being completely uninterested in what's going on and And see what the response is did you know that oh he's doing 48 minutes of silence his cover no he was um (laughs) oh yeah yeah it was a cover he was uh uh i was gonna say that he was uh in a video with logan paul ew so that's performance right there that's performance art i think logan paul's a performance artist i think I think he's a poo poo artist. Yeah, if you don't know who Logan Paul is, don't. <laughs> don't know him? Yeah, don't know who that is. Do your best to avoid learning anything about that person. That mother frickin' The Incredibles looking <laughs> fucking country farmer boy looking YouTuber. Yeah, who raps and says the N word a lot. Oh, yeah, he got, yeah, he yeah. got caught. And oh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go against what I was saying. The one thing you should know about Logan Paul is that he made like a really long video next to a dead body that had committed suicide, laughing at it. Um, oh wait, it wasn't Logan Paul. Did I say that? It was the other guy, Jake Paul, his brother. There's oh two of them. yeah, this. <laughs> Suck. God. Yeah, and if we if we look oh away for too God. long, they'll just keep multiplying, man. <laughs> yeah, they're like all the worst parts of YouTube with no positive yeah totally yeah but nothing good no no creative input like nothing new just like taking everything and turning it into garbage i actually watched this video on how like they they technically need to be considered a child like a like a children's show (laughs) and because of that they're not legally allowed to sell merchandise oh yeah yeah they're trying to take down the pulse yeah i mean i think they should they do. They like sell their merch to like ten to twelve year olds, and all their videos are meant to be for like children. And it's illegal in this country to sell things during children's programming. Did you know that? No. Yeah, yeah it's illegal. Maybe. Or it's illegal to sell it in in the programming. You know, it'd be really funny is that if they never really they they were trying to target like people their age, but they're so immature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> They're like, like, you know, what, you know what twenty-two-year-olds like when, uh, when me and my dad kiss the same girl. They're gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so dark. Yeah. Oh man, celebrities. These me days. and my dad are gonna have a kissing contest with me and my bros. No, see, now we grew up with Amanda Bynes. We grew up with Keenan and Cal. Wholesome. Yeah. yeah, those shows are really good. Drake too. and Josh. Dragon Josh is good too. It's a great show. Yeah. Now we're now we're uh, we're stuck in this generation. Now I'm stuck watching Jake and Logan. You know <laughs> what am I gonna do? Remember that time when a bunch of our fans came up to us and they're like, "You guys are like the Drake and Josh of podcasts." Oh my god! I you know that's that's what keeps me potting every day. Yeah, is <laughs> if you guys think that I'm more Drake or I'm more Josh, just know that I'm actually I'm actually the dad. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um yeah. Uh wait, who would I be? I would be um I don't know. I don't really I don't identify with Miranda Cos. maybe I'm like hmm, am I more Harold or Kumar? I'm just gonna try to get experimental with here. Drake and Kumar or Drake and Drake and Harold? Drake and Drake and Kel? Yeah, Drake and Kel. Oh man, like let's Kel. just mix up the iconic duos of television. That's edgy. Drake right? and Tamara, Tamara and Josh. Tia. Oh, Tia and Tamara. Yeah, yeah. Tia and Drake. You know what would be a good experimental podcast is if we just said, uh, um, and then paused a lot yeah. for a whole hey. episode. Interns, if one of you, uh, uh, I'll send you all of our files. And you can cut. Just cut out all the ums. Save them. Us. Yeah, we'll make the most experimental podcast ever. That'd be great. I wonder how long it would be. I don't know. You can cut out all the likes too and throw it in there. It might be oh, yeah. 16 episodes. 
Yeah. <laughs> worth of podcast. Yeah. Hey, send me all of the likes you chop out when you interned. I'll make a song out of it. I'll sample it. For each like you chop out, we'll put a like on your on your posts on Instagram from the official art pros Instagram, paid.artists. We're going to post like on your comment. Yeah. Like yeah, we're going to post like because we, we're post like. Get we're it? Experimental. Get it? We're after yeah. like. Did, so, you, well, did you get it? I didn't. I didn't even get it. Post like? Yeah, post like. After like. After like. You know, like post postmodern, bro? Oh, like post Malone, whoa, bro. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like post-it notes, bro. Damn. Yeah. I just got it and it hit me. Remember the it notes? Yeah, we're post-it notes. Damn. Now. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on anymore. This has been the most experimental podcast of all time. Now I think we've gotten crazy. Remember that? Remember that one we didn't release yet? um where we just like tried to we just tried to um uh um we just attached the mics to drones and um, then we like, bombed gaza with our hot bars um like like um, uh <laughs> yeah 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 uh. i think part of being experimental is thinking like an annoying seven-year-old in like a <laughs> classroom <laughs> if you do it within the art realm it's like you know it's a seven-year-old flicking boogers <laughs> is is just irritating, but a full-grown adult flicking boogers at a wall, you know, that's some shit you haven't seen. That's some that's some shit. That's right there. It's the dopest. You remember that dude throwing shit against the wall? He's so 2018, flicking boogers. <laughs> dude. How many could he do? He's just gonna walk around and collect some more and like really dirty, like air, not very well ventilated environments. Here's yeah. Here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna go first. He's gonna take a bunch of charcoal dust. He's gonna put it in the vents of a gallery, and then he's gonna drink a lot of hot sauce to get his nose runny, and then he's gonna do some Vicks Vapor Rub to clear up that that sinus. So he just it just all hardens, and then boom, he's got his uh, his black boogers. You know, flick right against the wall, do a drawing of, uh, you know, Kanye West. <laughs> It'll mean something to someone. Or he could replicate a Surratt painting, which is pointillist. Oh, actually, that would probably work yeah, a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Pointillist painting. Look him up, Surratt. Yeah, if you All don't right. know what pointillism is, it's using dots to draw stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're at an hour and two. Damn. Closing remarks, anything? Yeah, you guys, if you like our other content, maybe not this episode, but <laughs> one of our less experimental episodes, <laughs> um, consider you know telling your friends about it. It really helps. Like We've been gaining listeners steadily over time, but we really love doing this, and we're going to keep doing it, and we're going to force you to listen if we don't get more listeners. Uh, and if you really like it, and you're like, damn, I'm like all caught up with the art pros, like... Like this is kind of my jam, you know. It sounds like some some people I'd be down to get a beer with. I I wish that I could help them expand their brand, like really level up, really get experimental, really make that booger podcast. Then you know consider donating to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/ArtPros. I tell you what, maybe we might even take you out and use that same money to buy you a beer. Yeah, you know true. Maybe. And if if you join, if you join our highest tier. Our level 1,000 tier. Oh, God, I would shed a tear. Yeah, I would shed a tear. If you donate a million dollars, I'll hang out with you once. <laughs> That's low. That's a low price. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I know. I All, right. Know. It's, All right. Work's been tough lately. I just need a couple mil. It's, you know, whatever. All right, well, here you go, folks. I was trying to save it till the very end. I'm going to share one of these uh, experimental songs that I created because I'm experimenting with music. Oh, yeah, this thing is awesome. Ableton, and we are going to now listen to a song that I sampled from Captain Beefheart's infamously famous album called Trout Mask Replica. Don't get it? Neither do I. What is a Trout Mask Replica? Well, you're about to find out. What if you just cut in like a bunch of fart noises and then that's it? <laughs> or the ASMR audio of the boogers hitting the wall. That's real ASMR. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. You're now going to listen to ASMR of us logging off. We love you guys. This is uh, my Mac keyboard. If you can. <laughs> Thank you.
You're about to delete the whole podcast. Thank you.